The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hey, thank you all for joining us here today on Plant Profits. I'm your host. Vern Davis. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. And uh, my guest today, I'm real excited. I, I found out he's a fellow Texan. My guest both sales and operational leadership roles experience and in information technology. Uh, some tremendous brands he worked for in the hotel sector. You know, Starwood, uh, Marriott, Intercontinental, hotel group. Uh, he's worked with some really dynamic companies and uh, he's leading a dynamic business right now. I want you all to welcome the Plant Profits, Mr. Chris Dreesen. He's the president and the CEO of Slang Worldwide. Chris, man, how are you? I'm doing great, Vern. Thank you so much for having me and I uh, appreciate the intro. Sounds oh, a lot hey. better coming out of your mouth than mine. I got to take you with hey, me everywhere man. we go. Hey, it was easy. It was easy. It was easy, man. I was looking forward to this chat. I want to know more about you. And, um, you know, look, I, I'm excited this morning. It's early and I'm excited this morning that you're from Texas, man. So where are you from in Texas? Ar Arlington, Texas. I uh, uh, grew up in Arlington. I went to okay. Texas Tech. I finished up at the university in North Texas and while I was uh, in school up at Texas Tech, um, I would go to Colorado all the time to go skiing. And it kind of dawned right. on me when I got out of school, it was like, well, wait a second, I can live where I want to live. So uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm headed to the hills. <laughs> so it was a natural for you after you got out of school. It was. There. No. You just loved it. Huh? You just loved that life. You know, like most people in Texas, you grow up coming to Colorado either mm -hmm. in the summer to go skiing and doing those kinds of things. So I did that, you know, growing up with my family. And uh, and then when I got out, you know, it just dawned on me that, hey, you know, I want to go go live where where I used to vacation. And I just enjoy everything here, you know, the hunting, the fishing, the skiing, the hiking, all of those kinds of things. And then uh, all of a sudden cannabis came along. Uh, in 2012, you know, November 2012 is when they voted on it here in Colorado. And that was also uh, one of my passions, one of my loves uh, growing up and, and, and into adulthood. No, so in it Texas, was a natural you, fit. Wait a minute. You, you, Don't you, tell anybody. I, I won't tell you know. anybody, man. I'm, well, I want to know how in the hell did you go to Texas Tech? Why'd you go to, why'd you go over there? Was it sports or, or was there something you were looking for or? You know what? It was the my grandfather, who was a huge influence in my life growing up, uh, was a, just a devout Aggie in my okay. entire life. You know, Texas A&M, yeah. Texas A&M. And College my mother went to the University of Texas, which obviously was a little rift between her and her dad. Yeah, That didn't go over well. And so I had these kind of forces saying, oh, go here, go there, go here, go there. And, uh, and ultimately, I ended up going to Texas Tech. To be honest, I went up, we had a a good buddy of, of mine that played football up there was the middle linebacker. He said, hey, you and your boys got to come up, come up for yeah. a weekend. So we went up and visited. And of course, you know, when you're hanging out with the starting middle linebacker, on the, you know, it was like, man, this is great. There's cheerleaders, there's parties. This is like the best place ever. Uh, and so that, yeah. that really sealed the deal for us. Yeah, that's great. I went to Lamar 
uh, and you know, uh, I remember the trip to Lamar, man. I just, I was overwhelmed by the beauty. <laughs> yeah, I was not overwhelmed by the beauty of Lubbock, but I was overwhelmed by the, the party of the pretty girls. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, that attracted me also. But Lamar, you know, when I went there, there was, a, a, you know, there was an oil refinery on campus. I mean, it smelled right. like rotten eggs. And that was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, but. Two extremes, man. Uh, two extremes. So you got out of school. You had made a decision. I guess you made a decision when to live in, in uh, Colorado. But you you got into the hotel business. Looks like you got into the hotel business and the sales side, the commercial side of hotel, uh, hoteling. Tell, tell me why did you go that direction? Did you always know you were going to be in sales? Is that something you 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 knew? And how did you find the hospitality industry? Yeah, sales was always kind of my niche. You know, okay. I'm, I'm never at a, a lack of or a short of short on words, so to speak, and just okay. enjoy being with people and negotiating things, and you know, basically moving around pieces and different variables for a, an optimized outcome. And so, okay. you know, when I first came to Colorado, you know, I didn't really think too much about a job. I thought about how am I going to go skiing a lot. And this, yeah. this is when I was obviously a much younger man. Yeah. And then eventually, you realize you're kind of the old guy in Vail. There's a beer can pyramid. You got six roommates and starting to be the old guy at the bar. And it was like, all right, I got to get, you know, my life together and grow up here a little bit. So I got into hospitality sales. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a natural fit because the thought okay. was, okay, well, you know, working at a resort is going to eventually allow me to live where I want to live, do the things I want to do, but also, uh, you know, for a job and, and a way to earn money doing something that I'm good at. So right. that's really kind of how it all started. And in hospitality sales, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because you move around a lot, you know, you yeah. just go with a smaller property to a bigger property. You got other brands that come and poach you if you're doing good. Um, and, and I was, so I moved around not a ton, but you know, like mm -hmm. you said, Hilton, Marriott, mm -hmm. IHG, and then eventually Starwood. Um, and so that's kind of how that started and started as just a sales rep basically, and then moved up into sales management and then kept going up the chain to start leading sales teams. Did you realize the value of the brands at the time that you were representing? You know, I did, especially in hospitality. And, okay. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about the next piece oh, here soon oh, on technology, absolutely. but yeah. two very divergent selling styles. So in hospitality, particularly in resort properties, it's all about guest experience. How do yeah. you make, how do we make you feel the food, the property, the amenities, all these kinds of things. It's right. all about evoking emotion and, and getting somebody to have a tie that, hey, I created special memories here. I want to come back here. So it's very much kind of a touchy-feely. It's a much longer sales process for groups like that. Um, and so that was was one style. And then uh, I ultimately went into technology sales, which is a super fancy way to say I sold photocopiers. Um, <laughs> and I, I had yeah, a good buddy on, man. For, for, from Texas Tech. Hey, come on, man. You represented Minolta. Come on, come on, man. That's, that's IT. It, it is, you know, which looking back on it, it's like, what was I thinking? But the, uh, but the, the reality of copier sales and solution selling is that, you know, everybody has one. Nobody yeah. wants one. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's not on the top of anybody's list. So it's a really difficult sales process. And it's yeah. all about numbers. It's very solution oriented. 
how much contact can you make? How, you know, it's very numbers driven in a lot of ways. But then it, once you find somebody that you can get into the sales process, it's how mm-hmm. are you finding a solution that solves one of their problems? So it's a very different style. So marrying yeah. those two things together, bringing those corporate backgrounds into cannabis was really what allowed me to uh, become where I am today. Yeah, and I want to tie that. I want to tie that because, you know, what you learned from, uh selling the two different types of selling you did right uh you know with with the hospitality sale and then the, the kind of really hard solution selling and i know a little bit about that because when i got a lamar one of the job offers i had was with xerox right <laughs> oh you know all about it yeah selling copiers i mean the interview still to this day the interview was 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 the most intense uh thing i mean it was Hey, how you doing? Sell me this X, Y, and Z. How did you right. do that? You know, what is that? Why would I want that? I mean, it was crazy. And, yeah. and, and I love the challenge. I, I crushed it, but yeah. I chose not to get into that. Um, I got into a different type of selling, kind of like you did. And, um, and how does that affect and how did they get you ready for what you do now? Yeah, a couple of different ways. So those two different styles, you know, most people are wired a certain way. So depending on what it is you're trying to sell, if you have a myriad of tools to to draw from in your toolbox, then you're going to have a greater chance of success. And then, you know, what selling copiers really teaches you is is grit, is hustle, you know, because it's uh, like I said, everybody has one, nobody wants one. So you've got to be out there absolutely pounding pavement. I used to sneak into office buildings, high rises, yeah. and they've got the little security and I'd come in and then it was a game of, you know, start at the top and work your way down. How fast can you get down before, you know, the security comes up and then uh, and finds you and ultimately kicks you out. And usually I was able to strike up a conversation with the receptionist or an office mm-hmm. manager, something of that nature, just to get on their radar. So, um, you know, different tactics, different strokes for different spokes and those styles. But the way that's really helped me in cannabis was twofold. I came into cannabis at a time when it was very, very new, you know, especially yeah. here in Colorado. I've been doing this for almost eight years. And in a lot of ways, you had a lot of pioneers, founders that had, had taken a risk, had come into this business, um, but didn't really have any traditional training or corporate background to speak of. So they didn't have systems. You know, when I first came into uh, the company that ultimately slang bot and went public was called Organobrands. And I was yeah. there even before it was Organobrands. There was no CRM. They were running QuickBooks, sort of, uh, you know, and, and there was just cash everywhere because they you know, this vape pen had come out. Yeah. Nobody knew what the heck that was. No, it was you're, like, hey, did somebody fire for the first time? You're absolutely right. It was, it's, I remember those times. It was dangerous too. Uh, I, I thought so anyway. Some people didn't, but I, you know, when you're riding around with machetes in your truck, you know, well, or or armed guards. Oh when yeah, first armed came guards. In, it was and... all it was all cash. You know, there were multiple times I had you know half a million dollars plus of cash in the back of my Forerunner at the time, <laughs> thinking, man, this is some, this is this is something. This is it. I mean, <laughs> you know, hope no one saw me put that in there. But hey, look, right. we're gonna take a quick break, Chris. And when we come back, I want to really dive into cannabis. The the, the, the beginning, eight eight and a half years ago, whatever that was. I want to dive into that. Because I think that the audience would really enjoy kind of understanding how this thing started. You started it when it started. And uh, it's it's, uh, really kind of cool. 
Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today is Mr. Chris Driesen, President and CEO of Sling Worldwide. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're going to continue our discussion with Chris Dreesen, president and CEO of Slang Worldwide, my guest here on Plant Profits. My name's Vern Davis. Now, Chris, I mean, 2012, 13, 14, I don't know exactly when you got in, but you got in with a company that we all know now is Organa. And you mentioned earlier that it wasn't even that when you started. So what what is Organa? What was Organa? What, what was that? Yeah, it was the dominant wholesale distributor of cannabis in Colorado of okay. infused products. So okay. uh, Organa Brands, you know, and before that Organa Labs and then Open and then Organa Brands ultimately became a house of brands. So we were uh, the first in a lot of different things. The first pe people to mass produce a vape pen and it just took off like crazy. The yeah. first people to license our brand outside of our home market, which was Colorado, still is Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of took that show on the road and our whole belief was, hey, if you build a distribution network, which has now become the Slane Network that spans yeah. over 3,600 points of retail distribution, um, you can continue to plug things in. Products live and die, brands come and go, uh -huh. but that distribution network, if you can captivate them, you can constantly offer them something new and then that snowball grows and grows and grows. So Organa Brands was a house of brands. We got okay. into concentrates, we got into edibles, we got uh -huh. into hardware, we got into all kinds of different stuff. And then ultimately, uh, the founders of Slang uh, and, our, and, and the, the owners of Organa Brands all uh -huh. linked up and then decided, hey, we'll... Uh, agreed to be acquired by Slang, which then subsequently went public in January of 2019. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, what kind of infrastructure did Slang get from Organa? You know, really, brands was the biggest thing. Certainly, there okay. was a, different, you know, labs and distribution facilities across different markets across the country. We're now yeah. in 13 states, Canada and Puerto Rico. Uh, we just announced uh, a partnership with True Leave that launched in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, so we're yeah. Excited yeah. About that. We're going to talk about um, that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they're great. So happy to talk more about that because that's yeah. been a beautiful relationship. But what they really got was a house of brands, okay. a handful of licenses to produce cannabis products in, in different uh, markets. Okay. And the biggest things were the relationships that we brought to the table because we licensed our brands all over the country, really all over the world. You know, there was a time where we were selling a lot of different CBD hardware, et cetera, into like two mm -hmm. or three dozen countries across Europe and in other places. So you really got a built-in distribution network mm -hmm. uh, that then we have since added more and more things to and, and continues to grow. Oh, got it. Okay, well, that's great. 
so you did you, there was a lot there that was a good it was a good deal good acquisition there was yep. a there was a lot there so let's talk about you you said the word and i've said the word several times in this conversation brands let's talk about brands yeah they're the stars of the show i mean that's yeah, what, they, that they are cannabis that that's the case you mentioned earlier that you yeah. work for a cpg company yeah that is the point consumer packaged goods yeah. And those things all need to be wrapped up into a brand. You know, you talked about selling toothpaste. Yeah. Nobody really identifies with what's in the tube as long as it gets my mouth clean. But right. I know Crest or I know, you know, whatever the difference is, Sensodyne, whatever the case may be. Right. And that's just what you buy. You know, it's yeah. almost, uh, you know, psychological and subliminal in a lot of ways. But that only happens once you've developed brand loyalty. Yeah. And that happens when you deliver on your brand promise, yeah. your best abilities, availability, just like yeah. in football. <laughs> and sure when is. I continue to give you a repeatable, enjoyable experience, mm -hmm. you're conditioning the mind to say, this is my thing of whatever that thing may be. Coffee, cannabis, football teams, doesn't matter what it is, but those are all brands uh, that, that wrap up what that product is that you consume. And when you have a good experience, you want to do it again. That's, that, that, that's the relationship with the consumer. Right. I argue the fact, I argue the point that in today's cannabis environment, we're not there yet. And today's cannabis, and, and I want I want your opinion on that, okay? And, and today's cannabis environment, what you really have that relationship business to business, right? So the dependability, the trust, that is happening between business to business. That's happening between slang and cookies. That's happening between slang and true leaf. But is it happening between true leaf, cookies, and me? I would argue that it is. Bert. Okay, let's I'll talk tell you, about that. I'll, I'll tell you why, and I'll give you some stats to back that up. Uh -huh. You know, look, at, at the height of Colorado's uh, uh, kind of cannabis boom, if you will, the green rush, okay. I hate that word, but it's, uh, but that's what they call it. Yeah. There were 155 different brands of vape pens. You know, we mine all the data analytics, scrape all the data that we can. We're, we're data consumers. Okay. Um, 155 brands. Now there's about 40. But if you look at the top five, it's mm -hmm. relatively unchanged. And why is that? Some people would say, Oh, it's because you guys were first to market and that's just how it worked. Early out. adaptation. Yeah. But we stayed first, you know, through all these mm -hmm. years, it stayed mm -hmm. number one. And again, it widely available, great product that delivers on what its brand promises, but it's also something that people, you know, open, particularly in Colorado, has become a household name. It's been the number one vape pen since they've kept score. So when you go around the nation and then look at other places, particularly out West, you know, there's mm -hmm. a huge difference in cannabis East of the Mississippi and cannabis West of the Mississippi. Yeah. And that difference is competition. You know, when you look on the West coast and really anywhere in the interior West, it's an open market. There's not yeah. five people selling products. It is the wild, wild West. Five. Yeah. You bet. And you got to be <laughs> scrappy and have sharp elbows to win out here. Mm -hmm. And so the people that are able to do that have more than just availability. You know, mm -hmm. no, no knock on truly. They do a fabulous job in Florida. They're the, you know, the 900 pound gorilla in the room. Uh, but there's only 10 or 15 people playing ball. Now, yeah. what was special about our relationship with Truly was that Kim and her team realized, hey, wait a second. You know, we've got this dominant platform in Florida, yeah. but we're going to hypercharge that by bringing some things that aren't native to Florida here mm -hmm. and give our consumers choice. So 
the, the way I would illustrate that point and the power of our brand, when you buy a, a, a True Clear, a True Leave house brand cartridge, okay. it's $35 in their store. Okay. When you buy an Open branded cartridge, it's $55 in their store. Mm-hmm. Now they're both vape pens. They've got mm-hmm. some things that make them each unique and, and appeal to different customers for different reasons. Right. But how am I able to sell a cartridge in a true leaf store in Florida mm-hmm. for a full $20 more than the competitor, which in this case happens it, to be the true leaf house brand? Yeah. And from truly, from Kent's perspective, she was brilliant in that. Hey, guess what? I sell them both. I made yeah, them both, but, yeah. you know, and that just invites a wider audience into her 90 plus stores in Florida because mm-hmm. not everybody coming in from the same demographic. They don't all have the same disposable income. They don't all have the same palate or, or, or mm-hmm. understanding of cannabis. And so truly does a great job of educating their patients in Florida mm-hmm. and then giving them uh, the consumer choice, choice. of here's X, Y, and Z. And we're going to help you navigate that journey to figure out which one's best for you. But I would say that because we're able to sell at a premium in those places, that by definition is the is, is the very nature of a brand. And Open, you know, in particular, which is our flagship brand, we do well with other things too, which we can get into. Open's the second best selling cannabis brand of all time, period, ever. And that includes, you know, the entire North American continent. So right. when you look at that, that hey, you know, I, I would I would argue there are some brands out there. You know what? I, I gotta bow to you on that. That was a very <laughs> fact-based uh argument. Uh and I I, I would give you I'd give you that. There it's it's breaking through. It's you breaking bet. through. It's not what it's not to the level what you and I know as traditional CPG guys. Uh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, and I, and here you said the other thing you see, particularly out east, is this uh, the rise of the MSO, the multi-state mm-hmm. operator. Right. Well, a multi-state operator, by definition, is a vertical license. So they do it yeah. all soup to nuts right. in a limited market. Yeah. So if I'm in Florida. Uh, yeah, Florida, Florida. Great example. perfect example. Well, you only yeah. get a handful of choices in Florida if right. something's not brought in from the outside. Florida's right. an awesome market. We do well there. Like I said, truly absolutely rules the roost there. But yeah. there's only so many products that are available in the Florida market. And so that's one playbook. You get some of these MSOs that say, look, we're just not going to bring in any outside brands because they're going to have to buy from me because I'm the only person that's here. Well, that's great for a time. Yeah. Well, what happens when there's interstate commerce? What happens when competition moves in? Exactly. What happens when Truly brings in brands from the outside and now all of a sudden they have six, seven, eight different things to choose from and you have one? Well, you lose is what You happens. lose. That, that's exactly. <laughs> and it's happening there in Florida. And it definitely is. It is definitely uh, happening there in Florida. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. My name is Vern Davis. I'm the host of Plant Profits, and I'm spending some enjoyable time today with Chris Dreesen. Chris is the president and CEO of Slang Worldwide. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And my guest today is Chris Treason. Chris is the president and the CEO of Slaying Worldwide. Chris, you guys just announced your earnings for Q2. And, um, you know, to me, they were good. It looked like in the last six months, and when I was just looking at the six months data, because I like to look at the six months data, you, you already doubled your revenue. And uh, tell me about your performance. There's some really good things in that report. Yeah, I appreciate you saying so. And I agree. Yeah. You know, we put up record revenue, uh, just over $11 million Canadian. Uh, and again, compared to some MSOs, obviously, that's you know a smaller number, but we're a brand focused company. We only make our own products in two places, now three, with our core market of Vermont that we just acquired. So I take a royalty. I help somebody else, a true leave, others, Gage Cannabis, who just merged with Terrace and up in Michigan. So you get a piece piece of every sale? Yeah, the way our our strategic partnerships work is we give them access to the brands. We show them how to do it. We work with them on the back end to optimize their, their processes. How do they make these products in the uh, cheapest, most sustainable, uh, just most efficient way possible. Mm-hmm. And then we take that a step further. That's where most people's strategic partnerships or licensing uh, uh, deals end. We then take it a step further. We've got a call center in Denver. We put boots on the ground in field to make sure that those products are getting turned on the shelf, that those velocities stay high. And then we take a royalty when that product actually sells. Okay. So what that does is align us better with that strategic partner because I don't get paid unless they no, that's they they're successful. Let let's 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 take let's take that example. Let's take Kim Rivers truly you guys have this this licensing partnership relationship in the state of Massachusetts, right? They have and Florida and and, oh, so same relationship and Florida and and more to come, I'm sure, if it works. So now we're let's let's go to Massachusetts, though. So we're in Mass. They have some they got a handful of stores, whatever they have in, 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 in Massachusetts. You have product in those stores. You have a call center in Denver at your headquarters and you guys have a lot of resources. You've made Denver home. And so um, you got a call center that helps support from a product uh, perspective with, with, with Trulief, but you said there's boots on the ground. Let's talk about that. What does that look like structurally? What's on the ground? So basically they perform a lot of brand ambassador duties and we do this in States all over the country um, that will have obviously your call center in Denver. That's doing all the front end stuff, the prospecting. Right. Uh, the the menu analysis, giving them all the materials that they can digitally and teeing up, whether it's their sales folks or whether it's our sales folks. And we have sales leadership based out of Denver and kind of around the country as well, okay. teeing them up to go in and close a business. And then the magic really isn't in closing. We can close almost anybody. We can get in almost anywhere. Getting on the shelf is not enough. You want turns. You want velocity. Yeah. That's, That's where right. the magic comes in. That's I want right. repeat customers. So right. that's the beauty of having boots on the ground, having somebody that's regularly in that store, developing a face-to-face, okay. person-to-person relationship. Uh, that's with the consumer. With, 
You're talking with about the with consumer, the consumer, with the store's yeah. employees, okay. being part of that community, okay. able to answer questions, educating <laughs> bud tenders, engaging with consumers when they come in, running promotions, making sure the collateral, swag, uh, all these mm-hmm. different things that we do are being done up to our standards. And all that does is drive higher sales. And when I drive higher sales, I get higher royalty payments. So that's why that emerging market snowball for us continues to grow, which is yeah. a big reason why we put up record revenues in Q2. Awesome revenues in Q2. And that's great. That helps me kind of understand when you say boots on the ground, I want to know what, what does that look like? Because I, I know what it looks like when I used to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And and I want to get get a feel for that and, and see how entangled this relationship is. And 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 you know, that's that sounds perfect. Uh if that, that's what you guys are doing in those relationships. You must have other companies uh knocking on your door in Colorado there saying that we want we want a chance to sell open in 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 our stores is that how does that work because i would imagine if i'm kim if i i would imagine that i want some exclusivity and and either by markets or totality how how does that work yeah you know yes and no in florida of course because that's just the way it is there is very little or no wholesale product sales in florida so we want the line with truly because they've got 90 plus dispensaries and nobody else is anywhere close but in Massachusetts, for example, they've got yeah. a huge facility uh, in Massachusetts. I think it's about 150,000 square feet and a couple of dispensaries. Well, yeah. that facility is able to produce way more than they're able to sell in their couple of stores. So it's incumbent on them to drive wholesale revenue for their own products and for ours. So, you know, when you say there's people beating down the door to put open on their shelf, Yes and no. And, and the yes part of that is, hey, it's it's the second best selling cannabis brand of all time. So it's kind of like saying, hey, I've got a liquor store and I think I should sell Coors Light. And it's kind of like, yeah. uh-huh, you should. <laughs> um, but to that end, yeah. from our standpoint, we don't want to be in every store. That may sound a little weird as a CPG company, but we want effective distribution. And effective okay. distribution Let's talk about that. that you've got a partner on the other end that understands mm-hmm promotion schedules that understands mm-hmm. good inventory management that's a true partner and so we focus on large collectives you know people like live well for example here okay. in colorado yeah uh, i would say is the most successful collective here in the state um and we work great with them because they understand the value we bring they're incredibly yeah. valuable to us that's an effective distribution partner you know they pay their bills they just run a tight ship in great stores so yeah. when you look at that together that's the kind of matches we're looking for we don't want to work with just anybody sometimes you can find that you know a, a store out in a rural place or even a large collective that hey they don't pay their bills they don't really manage their inventory it's more work than it's worth so focus focus on the good ones i agree i agree talk to me about we've talked about open talk about some of the other brands that that's made this this business successful yeah lunchbox alchemy district edibles and firefly are the three other kind of stars of the show open okay. by far and away is the largest District Edibles is now in uh, eight states. And that's, that's, your gummy gummy bi- that's your gummy business, right? It is, but it's our value gummy line. So it's okay. a gelatin gummy. It's mass produced. It's much like you would think of a Haribo gummy bear, right? Okay. But then okay. we recently purchased a company in Oregon last October called Munchbox Alchemy. And it's the bougie, crunchy, you okay. know, really high. It's vegan. It's organic. They've got really 
uniquely curated flavors. Uh, it's, uh, it's made with pectin instead of gelatin. So what that allows for is us to sell two different kinds of gummies, but to segment within that category. I got the value-based one that's inexpensive and kind of the everyman gummy. And then I yeah. got the really high-end one for, you know, the, the yoga pants soccer mom that says, <laughs> hey, I want the nicer one. I want the Whole Foods gummy. Yeah. Um, and the reality is we have both. So that's great. Uh, that, that works great. It, it's us. good to corner the gummy market. <laughs> It's uh, it got one yeah. We are one of the bigger players in it, certainly. But you yeah. gotta realize, you know, we're in gummies, we're yeah. in vape pens, we're yeah. in disposables, we sell hardware, we sell concentrates. Yeah. So when I go into a store, we're able to to more or less fill up a lot of their shelves for infused products, uh, which is one of the big values. You have to deal with less vendors, you know, and it's yeah. it's one throat to choke, one one mm -hmm. butt to pat when you're doing right. it right. And so when you do that well, that becomes a real benefit. I've got a, a funny story. I had a guy here in Colorado call me. It was probably two years ago. And he said, Dreesen, I just realized you're like 60% of our store sales. You better not mess up. And I said, well, how's that been? Well, we've never been better. We've got record revenues. And I said, okay, well, why do we think that is? Well, the products are priced right, that people buy them. Uh, I'm not spending a ton of time on labor and payroll, trying to chase down a hundred different vendors. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the, uh, you know, and so uh, and so it was just kind of one of those deals where, you know, if you think about a grocery store, Vern, you know, mm -hmm. there's ten thousand products in a grocery store, but there's maybe fifty distributors that fill up that store. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that DSD model, that direct store delivery model, yeah. you know, it's not like every chip guy has the chip guy in there. There's a guy that does twenty or thirty different brands of chips and does all exactly. the chips. I yeah, mean, when Frito Pepsi comes in there, that's when Frito walks in, it's half the shelf. At least, maybe yes. more. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's the same approach that we're taking to campus. Uh, it's a good approach. You learned a lot growing up, man. Thank you you. learned a lot. You learned a lot growing up. I'm telling you, I I, I really uh, am excited about what's to come. So talk to me about expansion uh, and expanding these licensing relationships or, or what are the keys to the expansion for Schlank? How do you look at it? Yeah, it's three things that we do. So core markets are where we make our product, we grow it, we, we process it, we manufacture, we distribute, we do all those things. Super excited. We just acquired a new business in Vermont called High Fidelity. They're the largest medical cannabis producer in Vermont. Okay. They service 70% of the patients in Vermont. Okay. Uh, great, great group, great people, great business. Uh, it's going to don't use or wreck next year. They call it tax and regulate. So that's a huge opportunity for us. There's only five people with a license there. Yeah. Uh, so kind of that MSO model there. Yeah. Uh, and they hate that word MSO. Then I would say they're not really uh, an MSO. They're more focused on brand and quality and all the things that make Vermont great. Uh, but that's exciting for us because it's going to be a $230 million market. There's five tickets to play and we just bought two of them. So that's one okay. thing that helps us grow. Two yeah. is that emerging market snowball I was talking about earlier, yeah. going into new states, whether that's with True Leave or others, we're constantly going into new places, taking our show on the road and putting our brands on more store shelves. So that literally grows every quarter. Okay. Uh, and then last but not least is our T-free channel, which is hardware and CBD. That's actually our fastest growing channel. It's the okay. smallest by volume, but the fastest nice. growing. Okay. Lunchbox Alchemy Sleep Gummies have been rated the number one sleep gummy in the country by multiple publications. Oh, uh, you beautiful. can get them online. You can get them at like, you know, 40 different states. So that's growing for us really exponentially. So those are the three biggest catalysts we have to growth. 
Yeah. Uh, and we're focused on profit. You know, you ask about Q2 earnings. Yeah. We cut our, our uh, we cut our EBITDA losses by 30%, so improved pretty dramatically. We're getting real dang, dang darn close to profitability. Uh, yeah. And that's our goal is to, you know, to drive profit. That's every business's goal. And then Absolutely. spend all positive cash flow. And, uh, and we're, nipping, we're nipping at it. You're doing a great job. Thank you, Slaying sir. Slaying everyone. Hey, it's awesome. Uh, I want to thank everyone for being here today. I'm Vernon Davis, your host of Plant Profits. And, and Chris, thank you for being on the show uh, today. Uh, it was great. Uh, I love when I get a chance to talk consumer products. And uh, I love <laughs> thank it. Thank you, Vern. Yeah, absolutely. And we need more of that conversation in the cannabis arena, for sure. Uh, that's a healthy thing. And uh, my guest today, Chris Dreesen, president and CEO of Slaying Worldwide. And uh, you guys can go and join us and please download this particular podcast of Plant Profits. You can find Plant Profits at Cannabis Radio. You can find us in all of the uh, uh, podcast outlets, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeart, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, you can find Plant Profits. You can download episodes of Plant Profits and please find this one and download it. It was great. And you can follow Protus Global, my business, on LinkedIn, Instagram, a whole social media platform. And uh, you can learn about us and, and how we are building companies and how we're changing people's lives and what we do uh, for business. And that's Protus Global. Dot com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.